A special thanks to AMSA partner Walters Kluwer for supporting AMSA AdLib. To find out how you can save big on products through Walters Kluwer and their discounts on Lippincott resources, visit amsa.org WK. Before we get started, whether this is your first episode of AMSA AdLib or your 38th, we need to know what you'd like to be hearing, and you could pick up one of our $100 Amazon gift cards along the way. Please take our brief survey. You can find a link to it at amsa.org adlib. For fourth years, it all comes down to a single moment. Happy Match Week, everyone. Welcome to AMSA AdLib. I'm your host, Christine Camizio. The match day ceremonies that will cap off this week at campuses across the country are the end of a long journey for fourth year medical students. They tightened their CVs, wrote personal statements, and tried to censor their social media presence. They researched residency programs and cities, arranged interviews, traveled and traveled and traveled some more. Along the way, they made some huge decisions about themselves and their careers. On Friday, they'll get their envelopes. A year ago, on Match Day 2015, our Rachel Glassford was able to catch up with Tripp, then a fourth-year student only a few minutes after he'd opened his envelope. Hello. Hi, Tripp. It's Rachel. Hey, Rachel. How's it going? Good. Thank you so much for taking the time to talk to us today and match day, no less. (laughs) You may recall Tripp from our fall episodes about the residency interview experience. We'll hear a bit from that in a couple minutes. Briefly, here's how match week works. On Monday, applicants learn whether or not they match to a program on their list, but they don't learn which program yet. Starting on Tuesday, those who didn't match to a program on their list work to find a residency spot for themselves through the SOAP, or Supplemental Offer and Acceptance Program. In last year's match, nearly 75% of allopathic medical students matched into one of the top three programs they ranked. Only 5.5% were left unmatched. For the 9,000 quote-unquote independent applicants, however, more than 40% were unmatched. The greatest relief for Tripp, as with many students, was finding out on the Monday of Match Week that he had actually matched. Probably as far as butterflies and being nervous, I think definitely today, the actual match day, that was probably the the most nerve-wracking. At Tripp's school, here's how Match Day itself works. The graduating senior medical students are joined by their families for a nice brunch. The dean and the president of the university speak, as well as the class president. It was awesome to have all my family there to support me. They've been there all through all four years of med school and even before then supporting me on this entire journey to, to get to where I am today. It's always great to, to have family there and be able to celebrate with them. Then it's time. One by one, they go up on stage for their envelopes, but they don't get to open them yet. First, there's a picture. Then they sit and wait and wait for everyone to get their envelopes. The moment I got on stage, I was like, I can't believe this has my, like, fate basically in it. In his case, Tripp wasn't the only one anxious to find out where he was headed. His fiance had matched for her pharmacy residency that morning, and they were hoping to match in the same city. But Tripp didn't know what city that was. They had agreed beforehand that she would not tell him where she matched until after he had opened his own envelope. We had done that on purpose, but it was uh, hard for her to keep that secret for four or five hours. <laughs> for pairs of medical students, 
there's actually a couples match to link match results. Any pair of applicants can use it regardless of their relationship. In 2015, more than a thousand couples used it, but because Tripp's fiance was a pharmacy student, they couldn't use the formal couples match. But her waiting period was about to come to an end because it was time for the countdown. And so we're all standing up with our envelopes and they're like, and go. And then you open up and uh, pull out the letter to find out where you matched. And then <laughs> the moment of opening, I'm, it like took me a minute to even find like where it said on the actual letter. Still can't hardly believe it because um, we both got our number one uh, choice. And with that good news, they could move on with their lives. I'm just so excited to start the next leg of the journey and to know where I'm going to be for the next seven years and to finally start making plans. It changes everything from looking at buying a house to, I mean, you name it. Tripp would have some friends and classmates just up the road at nearby programs, and the day had turned out well. Just really excited for everyone in my class as well. We'll leave you with a quick flashback about Tripp's journey to this point. Back in episode 20, we listened in when Tripp spoke with Perry Tsai, AMSA's Vice President for Program Development, and then AMSA board member Sahar Barchin about Tripp's interest in neurosurgery and his experiences on the residency interview trail. You can always find the full-length version in our archives, and it's also part of our residency trail playlist on SoundCloud. Here's Perry. All right, so Tripp, uh, earlier Sahar and I were talking about matching or residency and like how we chose your specialty. So uh, why don't you tell us a little bit more about how you came to choose your specialty? Sure, absolutely. So I got interested in neurosurgery first semester of anatomy in medical school. Uh, during head and neck, I, that was absolutely my favorite section of all of anatomy. And so that Christmas break, went back home, contacted one of the neurosurgeons I'd worked with the year before, and he let me come shadow him, let me actually scrub into the OR, and getting hands-on, and I can remember distinctly the first time I saw like a craniectomy and saw the brain pulsating. Oh my gosh. With like the heart, I was hooked. I, I absolutely fell in love with it. I was like, I don't want to do anything else. This is Aww. awesome. So ever you, were, you were a first year med student? Uh, yeah, that was first and year. And that guy just like let you come in with him. Yeah. That's awesome. Let me, he's like, here, you can put in this screw. And he was like guiding my hand, but he's like, all right, you tell them when you want them to shoot wow. the fluoro and everything. Nice. So, Did you have steady hands? Were you shaking that first time? Uh, I was probably shaking a little bit, but kind of once you you can almost rest your hands like on the field and uh-huh. kind of use that to support yourself. So you're a natural, maybe uh, you're not going to admit to it, but you're probably a natural. Who knows? Who knows? <laughs> He's too modest. <laughs> I am dying to know what your interview experience was like for residency interviews, because I applied into pediatrics and I just imagine that my interviews were very different than yours sure so you know it varies of course from program to program as always but for neurosurgery is very small kind of network so everyone knows everyone 
uh, it seems like. And each time you would meet with every single faculty member. About how many is that? Well, sometimes it was up to one place I interviewed had 18 (gasps) interviews. No. Over two days was one place. But probably on average 10. And sometimes they would double up, have like two or three interviewers at the same time. But Like a committee interview? Yeah, almost almost sometimes. But so you interviewed with a lot of people and then even in some places you interviewed with every single pair of residents. So PGY1 through PGY7. Mm. So... (laughs) Wow. And what kind of stuff did y'all talk about? I mean, anything and everything. I know one, one guy was talking about He's basically the NASA neurosurgeon. Wow. And I didn't know there, there was such a position. He, <laughs> the, yeah, I didn't either. And he sees all the patients for, for NASA that have any sort of neurosurgical issue. Are you trying to say that he sees aliens and you're just not allowed to say <laughs> Well, I mean, that's classified, so. <laughs> I'm not privy to that kind of information. Uh. We're gathering audio from this year's Match Day and would love to hear how yours went. You can record your experience using your phone, using an app like Voice Memos on iPhone or Easy Voice Recorder on Android. Just email the file to adlib at amsa.org. This episode was produced by Pete Thompson, Rachel Glassford, and myself. Special thanks to Tripp for taking time out of his busy Match Day schedule to chat with us. Joshua Caulfield is the show's executive producer, and Dr. Deborah Hall is AMSA's national president. We hope you enjoyed this episode and thank you for listening. A special thanks to AMSA partner Walters Kluwer for supporting AMSA AdLib. To find out how you can save big on products through Walters Kluwer and their discounts on Lippincott resources, visit amsa.org WK.